Welcome to the Geek, the Nerd, and the Tangent. This is Matt here with a review for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I am quite excited to talk about this movie. I always enjoy a good popcorn flick. It's always fun to watch a good uh, Jurassic Park or World movie. Let me just put an emphasis on that. It's always fun to watch a good one. And I'll just stay right off the back. This isn't the worst Jurassic Park movie, and this isn't the worst Jurassic World movie. There's only two of them, so uh, you could take that for what it's worth. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I did enjoy the movie overall. Uh, I, I have some pretty severe critiques of it, though. Uh, you know, even though I enjoyed it, doesn't mean that the movie was perfect. A lot of times, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. But even, you know, some movies come close. Other ones, we just don't care because they suspend our disbelief enough that it doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of these issues that I had with this movie, though, are very fixable. And they are very much something that I think they should have taken care of before they put the movie out. But unfortunately, these are things they're intentionally putting in the movie and that does not speak well to me of uh, the studio that is creating these movies. Now, uh, for those that do not know, this movie takes place shortly after the Jurassic World movie from before. It's still starring Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, of course. We have a few new characters in there, and we start off by, as you've probably seen in the little teaser trailer... We start off by noticing that the dinosaurs are on this island and there's an imminent volcanic eruption coming and the dinosaurs are all going to die pretty much from this eruption. So there's two classes of thought. There's the Ian Malcolm thought, uh, which is fun to have him back again. And that is just let them die out. They should die out. You know, we brought them back here. It was an unnatural thing for us to do. We should just play the course of nature and let it do its thing. The other camp is no these are creatures that we've created and we should protect them we should go get them off this island and make sure that they can continue on and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character Claire is in that uh, camp that camp of thought and so she is trying to arrange a way and figure out how to save these dinosaurs and so anyway that's the basic premise of the movie I like that the trailer didn't give away too much of the movie I really don't like it when trailers do that. It it defeats the whole purpose of going to the movie. It, trailers should pique your interest. And I guess in some cases, uh, you know, maybe you want to see the whole movie before you go see the whole movie. But that is not the case for myself. I actually try to avoid trailers most most often because I like to formulate. I, I like to go in there with a fresh perspective. I like to go in there with fresh thoughts. I also don't like to write reviews or give reviews until I've done my own. And I've tried to do that here with Jurassic World. One thing that bothered me about the trailer while I'm on that is this music. Let me just play a little bit for you here. And this isn't even the worst of it. For some reason, in this clip, they cut it out. Maybe people were complaining about it. But in the movie theater, when they played this trailer, that music was just blaring. And it's that beautiful John Williams Jurassic Park theme, but it's just mutilated. You've got to be kidding me. This is going to be awesome. She's tracked. Come on. Okay. Okay, so you hear those strings just playing that. 
normally what it was in the trailer is it just those things just blaring and it's just uh, like i said before kind of a mutilation of john williams perfection from the original jurassic park movie uh, that's a tiny little nitpick though it doesn't matter uh, what i want to talk about here are some of the things that i had a bit of a difficulty with in this movie and then i'll move to some of the positive things of the movie and wrap it up i, I always like to get the get the bad stuff first. Uh, there's plenty of eye rolling to be had in this movie. If you want a perfect movie, this is not the movie for you. If you want just a fun movie, go see it by all means. But yeah, there was a lot of eye rolling. Some of, some of the biggest eye rolling for me was the callbacks to the original movie. I, I am not a fan of fan service. I just want you, I, the movie being made in and of itself is enough fan service. You know, you're continuing this franchise that has no basis other than the fact that you want to make money off of something that made a lot of money. And so it's enough fan service in and of itself. You don't have to do callbacks to that original movie unless they make sense. And I think there was one of those things in this movie. But for example, and let me give a mild spoiler warning. I'll try not to get into too heavy of spoilers. Uh, because I want you to enjoy the movie for yourself. And if you want to even avoid mild spoilers, then come back. And actually, there may be a couple major spoilers as well. So come back when you've seen the movie or continue forward if that's the way that you roll. Uh, but anyway, some of the blatant throwbacks to the original movie that just really made me roll my eyes. Uh, you know, in the original movie, when the uh, the raptor taps the floor with its claw and you get that that zoom in of that. I love that moment in the original movie and it works so well for the storytelling there to build that suspense and that tension. And this one, they threw it in there just to throw it in there because they didn't have anything better to do. I guess they didn't have any of their own creative ideas. So they just threw in uh, a claw tapping the ground just because they thought, okay, this will sell tickets because a lot of those nerds from the 90s are now going to be watching this movie and this will get them there. I don't I don't know what it is. It, to me, it honestly just makes me roll my eyes. Another one is you remember the kitchen scene in the original movie when the two kids, the boy and the girl, uh, are in the kitchen and the raptors are trying to get them. And there's a time when Tim is trying to close the, I guess, the metal cupboard beneath the counter or whatever it is. And uh, you see the raptor running toward him, and he's desperately trying to close the close the door. And what it ends up being is just his reflection, and so it slams into the reflection. It does another callback to that, where they're they're in this mansion. There's a dumbwaiter system. Uh, a little girl is getting inside of it. A dinosaur is pursuing her very quickly, and she's desperately trying to close the door. It is identical to that scene almost, except it's a dumbwaiter instead of a counter un or a cupboard under the counter. It's just, it's unnecessary callbacks. It, and it, and it, uh, and another one is the learning to open the doors. You remember that the Raptors are intelligent. And so they learned to open the doors in the first movie that was important to the storytelling. It was important to tell us something about the Raptors and their capability and building that tension. In this case, they, they pretty much just recreated that instead of a door, it was a window lock. And the dinosaur was able to unlock it for some reason very slowly and and creepily instead of what a dinosaur would probably do is just charge right through and and do its thing. So there were some unnecessary callbacks, I think. And I I'm not a fan of that kind of thing unless it serves the story that you're currently telling. 
one of those things did come true. So you remember at the end of the Jurassic Park movie, the original movie, where we're all just kind of catching our breath from that incredible experience of dinosaurs chasing people and getting away and learning about uh, about nature and nature finding a way and all these different things. And they're in the helicopter and they're flying off the island and they look out the window and you have that beautiful John Williams music and you see those birds flying and it all comes full circle to what Dr. Grant has been telling us the whole movie about dinosaurs having been the predecessors to modern birds. And I thought that was such a such a beautiful end to that movie. In this one, they kind of have that moment as well, but instead of birds, it's pterodactyls. But this callback works because it is relevant to this story because this story is all about if we're not careful, dinosaurs are really going to take over the earth again, you know, and instead of birds, we'll have pterodactyls and not necessarily instead of, but it's just this, it's a nice element to the story where this callback is actually adding something and contributing to the story at hand instead of just being there for the, to play the nostalgia card. I wish movie studios would really stop playing so heavily that, you know, it's such a heavy handed nostalgia card that they play. Uh, you know, we're already invested in the movie. We're already there. It's already, it's already good enough for us. Just leave it at that and write the movie that you're writing. And if there's a callback, make there be a reason for it. Like the pterodactyls in this movie where you see them flying off, you know, kind of, in the sunset and it's this callback to the original movie but it actually has significance to the themes that you're exploring in this one one of the things that i would like from these movies and this is a personal opinion is i, I would like to stop seeing hybrid dinosaurs you know we saw that in the first jurassic world uh you know small spoiler alert here but you, yeah you see one in this movie as well and it makes sense that they're exploring that genetic power but part of what makes me so excited about these movies, is, and and maybe that has to do with my background as a geologist a little bit, is I love to see visual representations of these mysterious creatures that went extinct 65 million years ago. And, you know, we, we don't know exactly what they looked like, but it's so fun to see them on the big screen. So it's always nice to see a real one represented on the screen and not just one that you made up, right? Because you could, anyone can invent a dinosaur. But how cool is that? That these creatures really existed and there's tons of them to work with. And to see them on the big screen, that's what I loved about The Lost World. As we saw Stegosauruses, you know, and, and the, probably the only thing I liked about Jurassic Park 3 was the pterodactyl scene. Because we saw pterodactyls and that's, that's the only reason I liked that scene. But um, anyway, you know, this... I, I, it's just a personal preference. I, I would like to see real dinosaurs because I think the reality of them is enough to, uh, to, to you know, stir our imagination and, and uh, make us uncomfortable when needed. I, I did think there were, were some good aspects of this movie. I mentioned that one about the pterodactyls. I liked the twist of the little girl um, being, a, being a clone of, uh, of her, I guess, predecessor, whatever you want to call her. And that, you know, that was, that was interesting. It was slightly predictable because they were fairly cryptic about where she came from at the beginning of the movie, who her parents are and, and, and all that. But, uh, 
I, th- I thought it was fun. You know, of course, of course, they're going to use that power for something like that. It made sense that someone with money and someone with access to genetic capabilities is going to do something like that. And, uh, oh, I, I do need to mention something else I kind of disliked about this movie were the side characters. So the IT guy or the tech guy, whatever you want to call him, and the paleo veterinarian. The tech guy comes along to the island for for whatever reason. I you know it's basically to access the system so they can you know uh, activate the tracking for the dinosaurs so they can round him up and all that. But he's he's supposed to be there for comedic relief by just not knowing what's going on and being terrified the whole time. What would have made him a better character? I think is if you gave him some growth in the movie and maybe there was a little bit but it wasn't it was it was forgettable if there was anything what you needed from him was it's okay you know to be a coward at first and it's okay that he's going to that island as a coward but he needs to come out top having some something that that I guess gives him more grit and you know some part of the story and it doesn't even have to be a big part of it, but just something where there's choices he's making or there's something he's learning along the way that gives him the courage to face down these uh, terrifying situations. If he had an arc, he would be a lot less annoying of a character, but pretty much he's just uh, he's just a coward the whole time, which a lot of people would be, and that's understandable. It's a scary situation, but in a movie, you need to give characters an arc. Uh, similar with the paleo veterinarian, the thing that bothered me more about her, though, is I see this trend in movies and TV lately <coughs> of of such young scientists and such young minds. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe they're prodigies. But every show does that now. And I'm not I'm not sure why. For example, if you watch The Flash, you know, they just have all these young people working together and somehow they magically... They say, oh, the technology doesn't exist for this. The technology doesn't exist for that. But somehow they make it work and they invent things and and they're just young and somehow perfectly capable. I, I'm not saying young people can't be paleo veterinarians and I'm not saying young people can't be scientists. But the ones that you're going to consult and the ones, uh, the ones that are really going to be adding credibility, I think not. I know that's going a little too far. But I think from the original movie, Dr. Grant and Dr. Sadler added such a depth and such a credibility because they weren't just like young characters trying to appeal to a younger audience. There was a they they just were the characters that they were. And and I thought I think that added something really special to it. Whereas this paleo veterinarian, she's just young for whatever reason. And that's and that's fine. But I just for me, it's more of a trend thing in media right now to have young scientists that are just prodigies or whatever. But I, in reality, that's that's usually not how life is. You know, usually life is you're consulting, uh, you know, the more seasoned people uh, for for genetics, for paleo veterinarian things, and 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 so forth. So that was just a nitpicky thing. The biggest one to me was the tech guy. He just needed a character arc of some kind. Since we saw him so much and he was he was trying to be funny. I mean, he wasn't, but it was supposed to be funny to us as the audience. It just didn't work. Uh, all right. I know I, I just nitpicked the heck out of this movie. And, it yeah, it has some flaws. It really does. And I, I didn't even touch on a lot of those things. The main characters are fine. 
Chris Pratt does a good job. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard does a good job. They have uh, some fun chemistry together, I think. And I think it's fun that they kind of end up working with this little girl and uh, at, at the end. And anyway, it's, it's fun. Uh, Chris Pratt, to me, will always be Andy from Parks and Rec. So it's hard to get that out of my mind. But it's coming slowly but surely. <coughs> Overall, I did have a good time watching this movie, though. I would probably even watch it again. And I would certainly recommend that you go see it if you are at all a fan of any of these movies. If I were to rank it, I would rank Jurassic Park. Uh, let me just go ahead and rank all these movies. I would drink, I would say Jurassic Park, The Lost World are my two favorites. The Lost World has its flaws, of course. To me, Jurassic Park can do no wrong. But Jur- The Lost World definitely did some weird 90s things. And after that, I would say Fallen Kingdom, this newer one. After that, I would say Jurassic World. And then after that, I would say Jurassic Park 3. It just really wasn't a movie that hit home at all to me, aside from seeing some new dinosaurs, uh, particularly the pterodactyls. Uh, some of these things were fun, but that's that's how I would rank these movies. Overall, the grade that I would give to this is a C plus, and a C plus is a passing grade, you guys. And it's it doesn't mean you can't have fun with something that's a C plus. It just means that it's flawed, and some of that's my opinion. And some of that I just think is movie making that's a little bit too pandering to fan service. Overall, though, go see this movie, have a good time with it, and uh, and let me let us know what you think of it, and let us know uh, what you know what your thoughts are. What did you think of it? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it somewhere in the middle? I put it somewhere in the middle. I'd love to hear from you on our social media on. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at GeekNerdTangent, Facebook.com slash GeekNerdTangent, email us at GeekNerdTangent at gmail.com, give us a call or text us at 801-768-796-6668, and we will give you some more reviews here coming up. Thanks for listening.